Educate Ebony. I'm Ebony, and we've just hit episode 15. This is a really cool, really cool moment for me because I always said that if I could just make 15 episodes, I would be happy to end it there. But don't worry, don't worry, we're not ending it here. I've got a couple more up my sleeve for you. So the fun continues. Now, if you all tuned into last week, I hope so. I spoke to Janine Morkos from Dallas Does PR, and she told me to listen to Alive or Just Breathing by Kill Switch Engage. Yeah, my first Kill Switch Engage album, that was pretty cool. And she also said to go for a run. So you know what? I challenged myself last week and I Googled the steepest hill in Brisbane and then I tried to run up it. And I was going really, really well for about a third of the way and then it got really hard instantly. It was brutal. If you do want to see me in Struggle Town, you can head to my Instagram at Educate Ebony. And in the little highlights, story highlights, I've got all the listening notes there as well. So you can see if you click through all the way to the end. You can see me try and run up this hill. It was a good time. Anyway, the album itself, I did really like it. Janine said that I would like the album structure and the way it moved through. And yeah, she was right. This was a very easy listen, thoroughly enjoyable. I think the ones that really, I guess, piqued my interest. And I know My Last Serenade is a big one, but I almost feel like Just Barely Breathing uh, was a bit more interesting to me. And I also did like Veed Infra, Vide Infra, that one. But then I also really enjoyed uh, Without a Name just because it was, you know, that mellow little interlude sort of brought you back down again before really punching you with the last song. So I think, yeah, the album structure was awesome. And I really like albums where it doesn't feel like you have to work to listen to them. I know some of them, either they're very intricate and you have to pay attention or they're just not noticeable at all and it just goes, you know, straight over your head. But this one, it was just very easy to listen to and tune in and pay attention, but then also have it running in the back of your mind, I guess, while, you know, while I was struggling up the hill. But yeah, what a cool album. So thank you to Janine for that wonderful recommendation. Cool. All right, let's get to it. Because for this episode of Educate Ebony, I would love to introduce Sosefina Fumoli. She's a seasoned music journalist with over 10 years experience in the industry. She's a podcast host, a content producer, publicist and music writer as well. So you could say she has a finger in many pies. And so, so I don't know if you remember this, actually, but um, years ago, Young Little Ebony actually did an internship under you at the AU Review in Adelaide. Oh, my God. What year was that? I had to look it up just today. It was like 2014 or something. Oh, God. <laughs> and look at us now. Look at us <laughs> now. We are. Yeah. Yeah. man. I'm glad that you stuck around in music. <laughs> I remember I looked at the very first email I sent to find out when this all happened and you were like, yeah, like let's have a meeting or something, you know, maybe just like in a coffee shop because in my office there's just a band practicing and I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. What? A band just practicing here in your office? I think I almost like passed out. I'm like, oh, goals. Oh, oh I love that. That's great. Well, it's so good to be reconnected and, and just to be, yeah, A, talking on your platform. That's fucking sick. <laughs> Yeah, like, honestly, thanks for helping kickstart my career and welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you've worked a lot with a bunch of different publications and, you know, covered countless artists and festivals. Do you have a career highlight so far or a favourite memory from the past? Probably all of them, considering we can't actually be at any festivals or anything (laughs) right now. It's really uh, throwing everything back into perspective um, in terms of of how much I actually kind of have started to miss 
getting down and dirty on ground and stuff and, you know, having no sleep at camping festivals and things like that. I'm really starting to miss those sensations. But yeah, throwing it back to, you know, we first connected back in 2014. And for me, that was like a really heady time to be in music because you had all of the grades happening, especially in Adelaide, you know, over that four week period at the beginning of the year, you were still having the big day out, rolling into Soundwave, rolling into future music, rolling into the Fringe and the Adelaide Festival. And it was just such a good time to be cutting your teeth as a writer, but also as a music fan, being able to experience so many different styles of music from all around the world. Yeah, to be able to sort of spend my early 20s in, in that sort of mode, it's invaluable now that I'm, you know, a decade on being like, oh, wow, I'm, I don't take any of that for granted whatsoever. Mm, yeah, especially from little old Adelaide, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That much happens there, but, you know, the first couple months yeah. of the year is just bam, 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 and then after that we just, you know, suffer for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you need to sleep after all of that action, you know what I mean? Yeah, I need my eight hours every night. Please yeah, thanks. exactly. <laughs> and I know that, like, obviously when I first thought about getting you on the podcast, I was like, that'd be really cool, and I was like, I don't really know what kind of music you're into, so I put out a couple of feelers, and, you know, you currently work for what Beat Magazine as the hip-hop columnist. Mm. Do you just find that people assume you specialize in one genre even though you've actually covered so many and you're here right now on, on a metal metal show so I know I know when our good friend Janine linked us up well when she told me about the podcast I'm like oh that's a really good idea she's like oh, I think you'd be a good fit for it I'm like that's hilarious <laughs> but yeah I mean it's really interesting because I didn't start out in hip-hop like I've always been a fan of that genre but from the jump when I first started writing I knew that to be able to progress and to be able to sort of elevate my craft a bit, I'd have to be broad. And my music tastes are very broad. Um, anything from rock to blues to punk music to sort of like everything in alternative. There have been pockets where I've really found myself thriving. And even with heavy music, like there were, I, I mean, I definitely know during my formative years, there were some artists and some live shows that I can remember going to that really kind of blew my head clean off. And I was just like, you see musicians locked into such a visceral way of performing. And that to me is something special. And that kind of transcends genre almost, you know, when you look at how musicians, especially in the heavy scene, treat their craft and treat their way of songwriting it's so fascinating for me to watch and it makes the live experience in particular so much more fun because you get to see people sort of at the top of their game and and really technically just insane you know and that's that's going from all levels you know you could say that about fucking Slipknot and you could say it about Deftones and you could say it about Killswitch and even though they all play different sorts of music, that's one common thread that runs throughout. So, yeah, it's funny to me when people were like, oh, but you only do hip hop. And I'm like, no, not necessarily, not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, I think also in terms of, you know, seeing someone live and seeing them for, you know, everything they've worked on for however long, that's almost mm -hmm. what makes you fall in love with a band more so than just, you know, going on Spotify and hearing an album because it doesn't quite have the same effect yeah. at all. Totally. No, and sometimes you'd be at festivals or you'd be at gigs and you'd see a support band who you'd never really heard of before and they'll just completely blow you away and then that's a really cool jump-off point for you to then go and discover more about that artist and, and more about artists who are in their community as well. I feel like that's it's a really good gateway. 
just music journalism. Everyone's just got to get into music journalism. Go to gigs. Exactly. You know, write about it. It's Love it. It's not dead. It's not dead, goddammit. No way. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear what metal album you've chosen. What is the one that I absolutely need to hear? Well, it's uh, from 2010. So I was 20 when this one came out, which is terrifying. But it's Fever by Bullet for My Valentine. Have you heard much of Bullet before? Would you say that no. you're. <laughs> That's fine. And that's why we're here to talk about these things, you know, like we're finding out new things about artists. I think I just had a very minimal emo phase and, you know, everyone's talking about Bullet and I'm like, yeah, cool, cool. Uh, may have heard like one or two songs, but I could not tell you. I couldn't tell you one of their songs off the top of my head at all. Well, again, like, you have a good point to dive in. Yeah. And check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's a cracking record. I mean, I can't say that I'm a bullet for my Valentine, like aficionado by no stretch of the imagination. But I remember when I first heard this record, I think I was traveling at the time. I was going somewhere. And the person who I was with at the time was a big bullet fan. And they were just like, you need to get into this group. Again, I was kind of like you, like I'd heard bits and pieces, but again, I hadn't, I'd only like dipped my toe in, so to speak. I hadn't taken a full dive. And so, yeah, this was my entry point to the group. It's fucking hectic. Like, it still stands up. Like, I hadn't listened to it for a while before, up until now. I've really gone back and taken a bit of a deep dive over the last couple of weeks. But I was just like, God damn, this album still slaps. It canes, man. It's so good. What about it, like, grabbed you? Was it from the get-go or it took a couple of listens? Well, I mean, it's a full-on record to begin with. Like, we're especially depending on what edition you have, if you've got the deluxe or I think there's like a tour edition, like it's a bit expanded as well, but it's definitely not a record that you can just chuck on (laughs) and listen to a couple of tracks to. Like I would highly recommend, like with a lot of these albums, they're so expansive in their sound and in the soundscape that they build. It, It is so worth just taking the time, putting it on, listening to it front to back, which is what I was able to do, thankfully, for the first time. But I think the thing that properly stuck out to me first was, again, just the intricacy in songwriting. I will never not be amazed at how metal musicians can construct such complicated arrangements and make them sound so simple once they're executed. I don't know many other genres that have that almost like innate ability. It's almost just in their blood kind of when they do it well, it's it's done very fucking well. It's just sharp. The production is ridiculous. And it's, I don't know, there's different layers of nuance in the music on this album as well. And I feel like when Mm. I first started properly engaging with it, it was this album that made me go, okay, I need to fully educate myself on a group like this. And I need to see like where their influences have come from. I need to see how they've been influencing their peers and their contemporaries around them. So this was a really special moment for me. I remember when I first heard this one because I'd never heard anything like it before. Wow. Um, much less to that extent, yeah. Would you say it's your gateway band then and gateway album to like the heavier world? Yeah, definitely. In a lot of ways, yes. I mean, I remember being a teenager and at the time, like I can remember a lot of my friends were you know, into kind of the stock standard bands, like your Disturbs, your Revenge Sevenfolds, your Slipknots, your Corns, your Slayers, you know, all of the kind of classic groups. But at the time I remember being, again, being in high school, particularly later in high school, and a band like Bullet were almost like, it's probably going to sound super cheesy 
to say it now, but I remember being like 15 or 16. And if you were listening to Bullet for My Valentine, you were like, you were cool. <laughs> like you were, like, that was the band that people were just like, oh, you need to be on a higher level of like intelligence as a teenager to fully appreciate. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kind of, yeah, that's that's exactly right. So I remember I, I wasn't super into them in high school, but when I came to them, I guess, you know, with any sort of music, sometimes you arrive at these places in your own time. So I was definitely later to the ballpark with it. But um, yeah, it was definitely a gateway moment for me. And it's, it's been super sick to, you know, I've been able to see them perform a few times now. I've been able to meet them a couple of times just in like different work capacities. And I've only had gorgeous experiences with them as well which kind of makes it even more significant I feel revisiting it it's just like oh yeah that was nice yeah definitely I do find that the more you find out about a band or the more you find out about an album and the people and whatever else they do I think it makes this uh more of a bond between you not that they know it's a bond mm. but like on on your end relationship no <laughs> I don't know it just makes you like it better so I feel like Especially in doing this podcast when, you know, you learn about an album and you learn about a band, it makes me like it more so. If I just mm. stumbled across an album by myself, I don't think it would have made a huge impact. But hearing the stories behind it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So did you do like a deep dive on the internet to find out about these guys more? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the fact that they were from Wales as well, I think that was like a thing that was interesting for me at the time because I was just like, oh, Welsh metal. Okay, cool. Because, I mean, not to say that Wales doesn't have a music scene because everywhere does, but to be able to see what they were able to do career-wise and how they were able to take that sound, sort of continue to finesse it, refine it, and make it really a trademark for them outside of the UK, that was super interesting. And, it's, I mean, it's definitely something to be proud of. I think we kind of share a similar, like there's a common thread with Australian bands as well, in terms of geographic isolation and maybe size in comparison to other international markets, but to see what Bullet's been able to do over the years has been kind of incredible. So, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's definitely worth a deep dive. Ooh, that's fun. Okay, so Fever, Bullet for My Valentine. Did you ever get a chance to, like, review any of their later albums? Oh, um, trying to think. Possibly. I mean, I remember being super into like I think Gravity was probably the last one they released and that was like 2018 yeah I definitely remember writing some stuff about them I don't remember if it was a album review or maybe it may have been like an interview or something I mean from a music journalist's point of view if you've got an album from a band that you love you know the other ones do they stack up so much can you be impartial totally. how <laughs> how do you approach oh, it I feel like not that I was never critical but I definitely care less now. Like there used to be a time where I was just like, oh, if they're like a band I really like, what if I don't like the album as much? Like what does that mean? <laughs> like I'd have full existential crises over it. But now it's kind of just like, you know, no one's perfect. Everyone's going to have an album where it doesn't have the same magic, but that's okay too because it just shows that people can evolve and, you know, they'll, they'll just go on and they'll do their things. So that's not to say Bullet's catalogue is a grade the whole way through I think it's very good but this one stands out for me I mean I know Scream Aim Fire is also a classic but I feel like this just showed so much more of a progression on from that record and to be able to 
kind of sit in a lane on its own as being popular with the fan base but also with industry and and everything like that as well when you had an album like screaming fire i think that's an achievement for sure that's awesome and i know that like everyone listens to albums differently and you pick up things that other people don't hear so is there an aspect of this album that you really love that you reckon others might overlook um i guess for me again it's like just a super nerdy thing like it's all in the orchestration for me like the way melodies and riffs kind of crash together but they crash together in such a beautiful way like i I love that element of heavy music there's such a a beautiful synthesis in how all these are really sort of almost violent sounds can come together and create something really beautiful and that's probably the writer in me coming out as well because we always try to think of like different ways of saying things yeah. but <laughs> I feel like that does influence the way that we listen to music because we're sort of unpacking things as we're listening so it's like we're stripping away each layer as we go and I feel like an album like Fever it, it's super intricate in a lot of ways and, and I feel like there is a beauty in it like there are different tracks where it comes through like god you know tracks that may not even have been big singles like something like Alone, if you put that side by side with a song like Dignity or, you know, even like the album opener, like Your Betrayal, like there are so many different highlight moments in these songs that means that they can stand really well on their own. But as part of like a broader album tapestry, they all sort of, they bleed really well together into sort of making a central story. I like that analogy. Album tapestry bleed together? Yes. I'm going to write that down. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. It obviously stands up for you, but do you think it stands up for other people in the industry, other bands or like upcoming bands if they look back and be like, oh, yeah, that's an album that we need to listen to and learn from? I mean, I would hope so. You know, I think of Bullet and I think of bands like Avenged. I think of bands like Trivium, all artists who... I feel have elevated themselves to being on that level of being some kind of influential or inspirational to bands who are coming through now. So I'd say so. I mean, it's kind of hard because I feel like even with heavy music, like with all genres, things are moving so quickly these days and people are finding their influence in other genres and they're sort of incorporating that into their core sounds too. But I definitely say that this record is, um, it's still got definite weight to it you know, and it definitely feels like even though it was released in 2010, if it was released even five years ago, I think it would would still be pretty fresh. Oh, that's cool. What a glowing recommendation. (laughs) You don't go and listen to it and be like, what the fuck was she on about? (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm not getting any of that. (laughs) Well, my favorite question, what are my listening notes? How do I need to listen to this album? What should I be doing? It's funny because like with a lot of heavy music I'd get the impression that people would be like oh listen to it while you're in the gym or if you're on a run or whatever yeah. me I like this not to say that this was just going to make me sound like I do not do anything at all to exercise or to be fit because when I like to listen to music like this especially when it's like super expansive I don't want to have any screens around me I don't want to have any outside interference I kind of just want to be in a room on my own just great speakers or, you know, the best noise cancelling headphones you can have. And I want to just be uninterrupted from like front to back. I don't need to be doing anything. I just want to like have that moment where I can just be like narrow tunnel vision with it and just, yeah, just let the waves of sound keep coming. I love that. I love that so much. 
I've been running a lot and I've been going to the gym a lot for some albums. So I'm looking forward to sitting down. Yeah, this can, be, this can be your job. <laughs> this is, this is, yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Well, yeah. anything else you'd like to add about this album that we really need to know about? Actually, if you do have a chance to go listen to the tour edition of it, that was the one that I've been listening to most recently because uh, I didn't realize that that existed uh, until quite recently. It's, is it live? It's fun. It's fun. There are some live cuts on there. So it's like it just gives a, a little bit more of a new perspective on some of the other cuts. And then from there you can like go on YouTube, go look up the live clips and kind of remember what it used to be like to be at a live show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to forget. Um, but yeah, no, Fever is, it's a cracking record. I don't know what much there is to say. I mean, if you want to get Bullet in a sort of nutshell, I feel like this is a good one to do it with. And then, yeah, let your journey continue from there. Love it. Well, there we have it. The one metal album that So Safina Fumali thinks that you and I should listen to is Fever by Bullet for My Valentine. Thank you so much for your wisdom, So. I can't wait to listen to it from your point of view. Not a problem. Enjoy. Yeah, I'm seriously going to steal that, though. Um, uh, tapestry and bleeding into each other. One of my favourites. That's genius. One of my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll credit you. <laughs> phrases to use especially if I ever get stuck for a line I was just like oh yeah throw that one in there throw that one in there. 